tokusatsu, taking the form of many shows including Super Sentai, Kamen Rider, and Metal Heroes. And today, a group of fans come together to review it for you as Toku Secrets. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Toku Secrets Podcast, presented by MSSecrets.org. I'm your host, Nathan Desaw. And today we are continuing our flight as Jetmen as we continue to review Shojin Sentai Jetman, the 15th Sentai in the long-running Super Sentai series. Today we are going to be taking a look at episodes 21 through 32. Um, I have the, we once again have the whole crew here. Uh, I am Yellow Owl, the host, and I'll let the other guys announce themselves real quick. Go ahead, guys. Hey, guys. I'm Black Condor, also known as Rizwan. All right. That's um, Patrick Shinkin Red, and yes, that's not changing. <laughs> yeah, we just know that. <laughs> and our other guy. So I'm I'm uh, Anthony. I'm uh, also known as a uh, Green Eagle or Hawk. I forget which one it was. Eagle, eagle you got it. Like the first one. Okay, cool. Be the eagle. Be the eagle. Did you really just quote a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie? Oh my god. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Peter Be the Eagle! Peter <laughs> We gotta review that at some point here on the anime. We really do. I told you, like, three weeks ago, I want to review it. Yeah, let's totally do that next year, actually, while we're doing the season reviews. Let's do that. Because I just watched the movie again after JDS passing, and... Yeah, it was a great movie. It has a lot of faults, but it's still a lot of fun. I, I still yeah. quote that movie to this day. 100%. Yeah. So anyway, we have uh, quite a few episodes to cover here. Uh, we have 11 in total. So uh, let's do a brief recap on uh, the Jetman episodes that we covered last time. Uh, we had two uh, two-part episodes, but it was mostly filler. Um, the basic idea of that is that the Jetman are dealing with a lot of internal issues. Uh, Guy and Raita both have feelings for Kaori, but she only has feelings for Ryu. Uh, Gray has his own feelings for Maria. He loves her classic piano music. Um, but more importantly from the plot, uh, the Jetman have their powerful team cannon called the Fire Bazooka, which transforms from Ryu's Jet Striker vehicle. And more importantly, because this is going to have an effect on some of the episodes that we watch, uh, that we cover here, uh, Juza, who was the empress of the Byram, briefly returned and took over. She almost killed a guy, but then Radigat uh, turned on her and killed her. And as she was dying, he took her egg, which contained her child, which was a powerful beast called Semimaru, and he's now keeping... Semimaru in his care until it grows into his final form. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much where we stand now. Um, so uh, let's jump into these episodes. Uh, we're just going to go over the basicness of it and then we'll each discuss them. Uh, we start off with a filler episode, an Akocentric filler episode called Walking Garbage. Um, that's a weird name for an episode. Um, <laughs> where Akko throws away her childhood teddy bear, just called Teddy, 
and it gets caught and the teddy bear gets caught in a pile of garbage that gets turned into a monster called the garbage dimension um and you know but it has the mind of teddy like it's literally her childhood teddy bear coming to life as a monster and uh but he wants to serve and protect Akko, who he thinks is his master, but he starts dealing with a lot of discrimination from humans. Um, a brief fact that I want to mention about this episode, it's not really important, it's just a fun little thing. Uh, there's a toy that we briefly see a child playing with in this episode, and it is actually a toy of the Star Carrier, which is the a fighter that transforms into the Star 5, which is uh, the secondary mech for the previous Sentai 5-man. Not Nothing really important there. I just wanted to uh, briefly mention that as like a connection to other Sentai. Um, it, I don't know how to... I really don't know how I feel about this episode. Like... I guess it's it's a pretty unique Rangers befriend monster who's not actually evil, but like there's just so many things that I really don't like about this. Like, um, okay, first of all, I have my pet. I have a pet peeve. Now, this is just personal. I don't like how Akko just throws away the teddy bear. Like, I have a pet peeve for people who just throw away perfectly good toys instead of just giving them away. Like, that's just a personal thing of mine. Like, maybe you guys can relate with that. Um, and not only that, but the episode kind of goes out of its way to establish that she still has a connection with Teddy. So why would she throw it away? Like, maybe, okay, she's a high school student, so she feels maybe she's too old to keep it, but then why did she decide only now to throw it away. And I think like, and what's weird is that they try to go for a more environmental message in this episode because like there's like multiple scenes where we see people who, you know, haven't been able who like, oh, they weren't able to sell all these clothes. So they just dump whatever they don't sell at the dump. Like, okay, so you're going for an environmental message. Like this episode just has too much going on in it. Like I think, I think, okay, the better route for this episode is what it looked like at the beginning. You know, the monster comes to life and, you know, Teddy feels upset because Akko tried to get rid of him. So he becomes obsessed with trying to reconnect with her. Akko rejects him. And, you know, that's the whole episode. And it looked like they were going to go for that. But then they, um, um, it looked like they were going to go for that at first, but then they just abandoned it in favor of an environmental message. I mean, the end of the episode is people showing up to dump their stuff again and not go like crying as people are doing that. Like, I just don't think this episode has any idea of what it wants to be about. You guys know what I'm trying to say? <sighs> yeah, this episode, the, the way Anthony is burning right now, I'm going to let him go first, actually. Okay, so let me let me just take my my headset off. I really want I want, all, I want everybody to hear this. I actually somewhat enjoyed this episode until the end. It's like, oh yeah, all oh, those two guys earlier that that was uh being douchebags and earlier and whatnot, they come back and do the same thing again. It's like, and it just ends with 
her saying, stop, stop. I'm like, that's how you end the episode? That's how you end the episode? Are you fucking kidding me? I want to put those guys in the face. And they're playing dramatic music with it. Like, it's the, yeah, some big yeah. moment. Like, what, what was that? And it's not going gonna, 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 gonna to amount to anything. That's what also pissed me off. I was somewhat enjoying it up until the end. They could just end it on a very sad note of like, oh yeah, well, you know, he's gone, and they could just they could just have Akko just you know say rest in peace, and then just walk away into the sunset. That's it. They had to act the add the extra crap of oh yeah, we're gonna dump our dump our garbage in here like we like we did earlier. Ha ha ha. Now the monster's gone. Ha ha. No, that was the worst decision you ever made. You. This episode single-handedly pissed me off to the point where I was like, I didn't want to. I, I, I didn't want to watch another episode until until like until until like a, like at least the thirty minutes because that that episode pissed me off so much. Yeah, that about sums it up. And like I said, I was I was somewhat enjoying it, and I was like, eh, and I was like, eh, not really feeling this episode that much, but it's not that bad. And then they got to the end. It, 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 oh, yeah, it, it, I was done. Nope. Uh -uh. Worst episode ever. Yeah, this is probably the worst episode of the show. I'm not going to lie. So, I'm going to give my thoughts real quick. Unlike Anthony, this episode took me, this 20 minute episode took me two hours to watch. Wow. Oh, Goodness. Wow. It was that difficult for me to stomach it. That episode made me question a lot of things of, like, is Jetman actually worth it? Because, dear <laughs> God, this episode is terrible. It is. It was the worst thing I've ever seen in Toku, I think, aside from that cursed lawnmower in Ninzer. That's still the... Okay, so that... Okay, so it still has... It's, it's not the worst ever, but it's still up there. No, the lawnmower can't be beaten. I'm sorry. Okay, 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 okay. I, 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 but, I, 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 okay, so, so here, here's my, here's my semi-rant on this. As y'all already know, I don't really like Akko to begin with. He's my least favorite Jetman of the group. Um, she's, she doesn't develop ever. Like, we have episodes about her with, like, this, te this teddy bear, her, friend at school that was like this really weird cup of ramen guy that wants to like you know obsess about how much he loves cup of noodle ramen but none of these episodes ever take themselves seriously enough to let Akko have any character development or any story progression or any insight to who she is these are all superficial just weird things that Honestly, it makes me dislike Akko more and more every time I see her on screen now. Like, Dang. She, she doesn't have any redeeming qualities right now. Like, she's just, she's just there. She's not bad, but she's just there to fill the role of a blue suit. That like, doesn't change much either. <laughs> I know, because I've watched more Jetman since, and it bugs the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah, you want to add anything, Patrick? I can definitely see what you mean now. Uh, th this is, yeah. There's nothing else to say other than remember the first part where I said this season sucks. Filler episodes. 
Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. <laughs> That's I, all I have to add to it. Initially, I, I, I don't know if I really, truly believed this or not, but I'd rather have watched a Naruto filler again. Dang. Ouch. That's bad. <laughs> I don't know I've if I really believe that. my statement. I don't know if I believe myself, because there's some really bad filler in Naruto. But you know, I think weird. I would have rather watched that than this. I've, I've never watched a single episode of Naruto, and I don't really care about this series, and even I felt pain in my chest when you said that. <laughs> well, because yeah. Naruto's known for being a lot of weight. Culture. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, okay, it could have been good. This could have been an episode where Akko is struggling with the fact that she's a high school kid on a team full of adults. And she's only there on happenstance that she got zapped by the Burdonic wave or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that could be like a whole conundrum for her. She could be feeling inadequate. She could be feeling like she doesn't belong with all these adults. And she gets rid of her teddy to try and appear more grown up, even though on the inside, she's still a little girl. because. She is a little girl. She's literally like what, fifteen or something? Yeah. So like So like they could have done something that could have made her character more relatable. Like if they had done what I just said, I would have maybe liked Akko a little bit more. But as it stands right now, I can't stand her character because it stays the same and the only time she's ever on scene on the screen is like to just be an annoying kid. That's all she brings to the table up until this point. I might be so, hard, but I don't care. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is that she should have done what Max did, but better from Balfour. Who's Max? Max. Max. I said Max. Who's Max? Anthony, you don't mention Wild Force characters to Riz. <laughs> he knows what I mean. <laughs> I don't know who so, this Max you speak of. So in short, so the, the annoying guy who so, always talks about how he, how he hates being called a kid. Justin? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, okay, okay, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll go with Dustin. No, Justin, whatever that. So I guess the best way to wrap up this episode is that the title of the episode was more of a description. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Walking garbage. <laughs> I'd probably give this a what two out of ten. It's I'm really bad. I'm gonna give this like a point five. Oh, and I can't. I can't go any lower. I don't think without Riz going to is being zero. generous today. No, I. I want to give a zero. I said give a zero, but I don't believe in giving a zero to anything in any media. Just like I don't believe in giving hundreds to anything. Like even what even if you were to ask me to give a grade, even if you asked me to give a grade to Time Force or Space. I would not give it a hundred. I would give it like a ninety-nine or a ninety-eight, mm. I, because I don't believe in perfection in media, and I don't believe in complete and utter garbage. Because there's always something you can do to make it worse. Yeah. Mm. What about Anthony and Patrick? What would you give this? Yeah, I think. A- Two is huh? a good rating because of what uh, number two stands for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. 
<laughs> what about you, Anthony? Well, I would have given it a 5 out of 10, but you know what? Thanks to that freaking ending, I'm giving it a 1. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I see you. Dan didn't ruin it for me. <laughs> it was going so well. I was like, you know what? It was finally starting to get a little bit better towards the end, but I've no. Never heard, I've never heard Anthony so I've never heard you so triggered by something before. This is kind I of have. There are many a rant we've had about Arrowverse in the past that I know this to be a real oh, thing. Oh, oh, okay, that's yeah. all you need to say. Yes. That's, that's all you need to tell me. I know where he's coming from. <laughs> yeah. Well, gladly, well, well, at least the Arrowverse is slowly starting to actually disappear because they're getting rid of all the shows. I'm like, like good riddance yeah. because yeah. most of the show sucked anyways. <laughs> I stopped after the uh, massive crossover where the Green Arrow ended. Yeah, that that. Mm. That's where yeah. I stopped. That kind of gives after after Flash is like what seventh seventh season. I was like, ah, nope, no more. I'm done. <laughs> I couldn't keep track of it anymore. It just made no sense anymore. It it didn't. Anyway. We will have an Arrowverse podcast at some point, somewhere else. But now we can go on to the next episode. Mm-hmm. And before you start, Nate, I just want to make one comment. Mm-hmm. We begin this review on a roller coaster declining downwards. And it keeps going, in my opinion, for a little while. So carry on now. Give your, give your summaries and everything. <laughs> if, we, if we average out the reviews, that, uh, the numbers that we just gave that out of 40... Since there's uh, four of us in here, uh, that give that gives this episode like an approval rating of like fourteen percent. That's a really low F. So <laughs> that's really bad. I think if you kicked out of college, yeah. Oh, dude, you wouldn't even be able to step foot on the university campus. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't even look at you. <laughs> All, All right. right, so we got a three-parter. Uh, but the, the next episode is actually kind of a prelude to it. So we'll just take a look at the next episode by itself and then look at the next two together. Um, episode 22 is called Exploding Love. Um, pretty much in this episode, to kind of uh, sum it up as best we can, uh, Ryu is, you know, attempting to kind of uh, alleviate some of the internal drama by... Um, so what he does is that he confesses, he reveals to Kaori about Rie and how he lost her and, you know, he's not really looking for a relationship and he tries to use this to encourage her to go after Guy instead, but that just makes things worse. And the volatility literally reaches a flashpoint in this episode to the point where Guy, Ryu, and Raita start fighting. And... Meanwhile, Radigate is getting closer to, uh, not hatching, but, like, getting Semimaru to his full adult form. And pretty much the final battle of this episode is Grey, Maria, and Torin all trying to compete to kill the Jetman in a last-ditch effort, because they know that if Radigate gets Semimaru, he'll, uh, he'll have the, he'll kill the Jetman for sure. Um, I think... I would say that Ryu is great here because I like how he genuinely seems to have some respect for Guy's feelings for Kaori, and he's trying to, you know, push things in the right direction. So I think 
I admire him for that. I'm annoyed that Raita gets thrown into the love triangle again. That was a huge gripe that I made in the previous podcast, but I don't think it's as prominent in this episode. Um, but I really do like the drama at the end where the where you know they get into a fist fight. I think that really highlights just how I don't know. I think the internal drama is one of the best things about this Sentai and you know, it's really reached a flashpoint now. Like, this scene was already incredibly volatile, and now that volatility has, like, just reached its peak, if you guys know what I mean. But you guys can give yeah. your thoughts now. Whoever wants to go first. Abstain from talking until Patrick and Anthony give in their thoughts here, because I might get a little bit ranty. Uh, you you want to go first, Patrick, or me? No, you, can, you can go first. Okay, um... I have to agree with Nate on this one. I don't like the fact that Raito is just part of Raito is a part of the love triangle. It's like it's already complicated enough as it is. We don't need another another one because now it's a, it's a love square now, and it's like, ugh, like can you not? <laughs> but but I mean the conflict is at least at least nice at least. But uh, just it's it should just be Ryu. And guy, that's it. Yeah. Um. This is kind of where we start getting to the point where Ryu's a goody goody two shoes Boy Scout persona gets really pushed to the limit, and he's still clearly hurting from losing his. I'm assuming they were engaged. His fiance. Yeah, they were. They were. Yeah. Um. He just doesn't really know how to tell the others that, I guess. I don't know if I necessarily agree with how he went about telling uh, Kaori about this, but he doesn't really know how to take or how to uh, take other people's feelings into consideration, it seems like. Because he kind of did it in a very rude way saying that here's my fiance's grave and I don't like you in that way because of this. I'm still lingering on this. But he just didn't say it outright. So he, he's not as perfect as they try. And I, that's why I like Ryu because they kind of like play him off as that character by, by also showing that that character uh character characterization has its own faults so it's kind of like a bad thing and a good thing at the same time yeah hey riz you're up to bat now (laughs) okay i apologize in advance if i start ranting a lot feel (laughs) free to make me stop whenever y'all get tired of it (laughs) i Absolutely, 100%, without a doubt, hate this love square. I hate it with every fiber of my being. It's pointless. It degrades our characters so much. It neglects other characters a lot. And honestly, I haven't facepalmed this much since Operation Overdrive. Oof. Goodness. I have not facepalmed this much since then. 
And I'm going to give my rationales for why I'm making this statement that I know carries a lot of weight in our group. Ryu, first of all, really screwed up in how he communicated to Kyrie. He doesn't like uh, her because of Rie. Yeah. His, his, his feelings are valid. I completely support his feelings here. I get what he's trying to do. I support what he's trying to do. But the way he did it is a slap in the face to all four other Jetman. Even Akko, who's not involved. And the other thing I absolutely hate about this is, like I said in the last part, when we're talking about the uh, garbage walking thing with Akko, Akko's not getting very much character development. Part of why she's not getting character development is because the other four are in this freaking square. So I feel like this might be a hyperbole, but I feel like most of the episodes up until now and one shape or the other have dealt with this love square either really indirectly and like they mention it or it's the entire focus of the episode, which I feel like happens more often than not. And it sucked because Akko could have been a good character, but she suffers because it is lack of attention to her. And when she does get attention, it's crap episodes like the one before it. No pun intended, by the way. Actually, there was a pun intended there. <laughs> Deal with it. Um, I 100% hate how in these episodes with the love square, Raita's character is degraded so much that he has to join this love square and profess his love for Kyori. I, I get he had a crust on her, that's that's fine, but having to actually mm. voice it and complain about it and say that he's not good enough and if he can't have her, then he wants whoever to have her and all this other garbage, it completely undermines everything else that I like about Raita. And there's a lot of things I like about Raita. Raita's my top two favorite characters, him and Guy. But in, in these Love Square episodes, I want to punch him in the face. I really want to punch him in the face. Um, Kyori is making me really hate her because it's all it's all about getting with her and the way it comes out guy doesn't actually know anything about her like guy doesn't know who she is what her morals are what she stands for what what are her hobbies like they never really interact up until this point ever like the only interaction they have is guy saying hey want you date me hot mama and her being like, no, I like Ryu. And him being like, well, screw Ryu. And he goes off and throws a temper tantrum. That's not Guy's character. Guy's character is this aloof, don't care guy, no pun intended again, um, person that he's not going to settle down with any one person. He's, he's a loner. He can be a man slut. That's fine. I don't mind him being a man slut and sleeping around with a bunch of women and having fun and then waking up in the morning and going and being a set man that is a valid story that's a great story it's a great character but to make him lovesick over Kyori in this way it bugs me because he has no true connection to her 
Kyrie is just this pretty face on the team that he wants to score with and potentially make Ryu annoyed. But Ryu doesn't care. Ryu would love for them to get together as apparent by this episode. But they don't. And I don't know. I think they will get together at some point, Guy and Kyrie. And when they do, oh my god, I'm going to rant again. Because this could have all been avoided a long time ago. But, no. Um, Deep breath. Deep breath. (laughs) (laughs) I hate this episode a lot. Because of how it just continues to ruin what could have been a great team dynamic. And I know at some point they're probably going to become this really well-oiled team. They're going to get along. They're going to have a lot of great chemistry. But the journey to get there is painful. It is god-awfully painful, and I can't stand it. I mean, I think that's fair enough. On on the plus side, because I've done a lot of complaining here, the brief scenes of Radigat trying to hatch the Mimaru are actually enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I will give this episode that one positive. And this is where the rant stops for right now. (laughs) The rant will return, but not right now. Um, I'll give this about a 9 out of 10. I'm personally. I kind of want to contest you on the the right thing a little bit. I don't know if okay. it's, I don't I don't know if he's necessarily being thrown into the love triangle like this. I think it's more of love square. Well, yeah, you know what I mean. Acknowledge how ridiculous it is, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think he's involved in it the same way as guy as um guy. No, he, is. he's thrown but in I, for I, comic I, relief. No, I don't think. I think he's. They tr- they're trying to make him the mediator in a very bad way. It's, no, it that's seems not mediation. How, how, I, how I read him getting into this fight was more or less he was tired of them f- fighting over her. And he's almost like, that's she's not, uh, she doesn't deserve seeing these two beat each other up for it. That's how I interpreted it. Well, so... He's almost doing it out of respect for her, not necessarily because he likes her, just more of just general respect for her. And he sees what they're doing is disrespectful. And that's a little more in... Huh? That is an element of him. I'll agree with you there. Yes. But but where I'll disagree with you is Raita's character... Let me see how I can measure this out. Um, Rice's character is an insult to a large demographic of people who are going to be watching this uh, TV show because unfortunately a lot of us are kind of a bigger set we're kind of awkward socially not all able to you know we're not all guy and to see a character who began off kind of confident, kind of knew who he was about. He was a he was a little town farmer. He got up in the morning. He did his job. He loved his job. He took on the mantle of Zetman because he felt it was the right thing to do. To discard all that and throw in the thro- throw in the trope 
that Raita is a socially awkward nerd who can't score with a pretty girl, it kind of stings that they have to go to that, that level. Yeah, I, I wasn't debating that. I was more so debating his role in the the ordeal. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I don't I never cared for Raita when I finished the season the first time because it felt mm -hmm. like he, he was just he was a relatable character in good and bad ways. And yeah. it's it, it becomes more apparent as we get further into the season that yeah. when when they do him right you see him as this you know lovable gentleman but then he hits a little bit too close to home when they do him wrong so yeah that that much i agree with but the rest of yeah. it i think i think you might be getting looking a little bit too deep into that the rest of it but i don't know that's just that's just my interpretation of the whole situation Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nate, what do you think of my rant? You've been kind of quiet on it so far, and I know this is your favorite Sentai, and I'm kind of crapping all over it right now, but... <laughs> hey, I, I was... One thing I'll defend you with Raita is that, like... <clears throat> I mean, technically, he does... I mean... Suzuki likes him. And she's going to play a part in a... Okay. <clears throat> I don't want to give too much of a spoiler, but... The the his old friend Satsuki is you know does play kind of a part, yeah. With that, and she and she knows that he's Yellow Owl. Okay, so this isn't so this isn't like in the like first Spider Man movie where Mary Jane loves Spider Man, but she doesn't know that he's Peter Parker. She knows that he's Yellow Owl. So I'll defend him. I'll defend that on a little bit, but I, I can understand. Like, okay, the one thing I'll say about Jetman is that like. It's not for everyone. I can understand that the love drama isn't for everyone. I just like it just because I like seeing teams that are extremely volatile early on and we see them slowly develop as friends. And thankfully, you know, you seem to be optimistic that that'll be the case. But I can understand that, you know, the journey to them becoming close friends is not something that you prefer. So, I mean, the only reason I'm not really saying much is because I'm kind of sympathetic to what you're saying. Yeah. And I mean, there is an episode I'll comment on later that'll amplify your point that you just made at the end that there are moments where we can see them form a relationship, but we're not there yet. Yeah. So when yeah. we get there, I'll make that comment. I just said I'd give this episode a 9 out of 10. What about you guys? 6 or 7. Okay. Give I give I I agree with Patrick on this one. I'll give it a seven. After that rant, a one or a two. Oh okay. <laughs> he is not holding he's not pulling his punches. Yeah. <laughs> the beating will only make it stronger at the end. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Next up, we have a uh, uh, we have the uh, next two episodes of the three part. We'll just talk about both of these together. Um, episode twenty three, the New Warriors debut, and episode twenty four, launch Super Robo, uh, launch Super Robot. Sorry. Um, so in this two parter, the 
uh, the Jetman are still falling apart due to personal issues, but that actually doesn't play a huge part in this, except at the beginning. Um, Semimaru has finally hatched, and he pretty much completely outdoes the Jetman. He pretty much trashes, trashes Jet Icarus. Uh, three warriors from the reverse dimension, that is the dimension that the Virum currently rule over, they arrive in their ship, which is a bird-like mech called the Jet, um, called the Bird Garuda. They arrive, uh, their, their Bird Garuda has the ability to transform into a uh, warrior form called Jet Garuda. And they arrive and they help uh, the Jetman fight off Semimaru by freezing him. They form an alliance with the Jetman. And then in, but they find out that even together they can't defeat Semimaru. And then in the next episode, the Jetman and Reverse Dimension Warriors work together to find a way to, um, to combine their robots so that they can defeat Semimaru. Uh, one of them, uh, Don, who is... We got something to talk about with this guy, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, he falls in love with Akko, and he's constantly hitting on her. But then, at the end, uh, Radigat kills all three of these reverse dimension warriors. Uh, Don does transform into his uh, warrior form, which is kind of a sixth ranger form, but, I mean, he only appears in this episode because he dies. Uh, the Jetman are able to combine the Jet Icarus and Jet Garuda to form Great Icarus, and they defeat Semimaru, and they vow to continue to uh, fighting the Byron to avenge the Reverse Warrior, uh, the Reverse Dimension Warrior's deaths. Um, a brief thing I want to bring up about these three warriors is that all three of them are played by an actor or actress, in the case of one of them, that either previously played a Sentai Ranger, or in the case of one of them, will play a Sentai Ranger in the future. Um, Rei, who is the older man and leader, is played by Yasuhiro Ishiwata. He was previously Boon, or Blue Flash, and Shoshinsei Flashman. Hana, the woman who is also in a loving uh, relationship with uh, Ray? She is played by Kanako Maide, Maida. Sorry, she was previously Momoko or Pink Mask and Mask Man. And one of the most insane coincidences: both of these actresses, the people who played Ray and Kana, were portrayed as a romantic pairing in an episode of Mask Man, uh, in episode thirty-four. Um, Ray's actor uh, plays the human form of a pacifist monster that falls in love with Momoko. That, that's just an insane coincidence. And finally, Don, the youngest, is played by Hideki Fujiwara. And he, in the very next Sentai, Kyoryu Sentai G-Ranger, will go on to play the Blue Ranger, Trikira Ranger. And what is that character's name, ladies and gentlemen? Don. And even worse, and even more coincidence still, he and Don are, he, his character here and in Ranger are practically the same character. They're young, they're annoying, like, it, this is almost the closest thing we're going to get to a Jetman versus Ranger crossover. Mm -hmm. It's insane. Mm -hmm. 
So, yeah, that there are so many coincidences revolving around these three Jetmen, and it's a coincidence, but it's still insane to talk about. Um, one here, honestly, just saying. Yeah, you you probably appreciate that I gave you this warning that he was going to pop up, right, Anthony? <laughs> yes, and I wish I didn't know. <laughs> And isn't it also weird how he has a romantic interest in Akko, who's, she's blue, and his ranger is going to be blue? I don't know, I'm just reaching with all these coincidences. Guys, when we eventually do review G-Ranger, uh, I'm not a huge fan of Don, and I don't think anybody else here is. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have no opinion yet. Oh, you will, okay. trust me. Oh, you will. You <laughs> will. Hey, well, just you, well, just to give you a spoiler alert, there is, like, if we were to, when, if we do a comparison between Mighty Morphin and uh, G-Ranger, and we're comparing the Blue Rangers, Billy wins that hands down. Like, that's a clean sweep for Billy. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not picking the other, the other one, no. <laughs> well, yeah, Billy is Billy. There's no, yeah. there's no way you can diss my man like that. Nope. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, setting aside the fact that, uh, okay, first, okay, the only real issue I have with this episode, okay, well, actually, there is one, a couple of things, um, but th there's one thing that I actually want to save to the final, um, episode, because it kind of relates to this, but, okay, Don is distracting, I mean, okay, maybe he, it was fine at the time, but if you've seen G-Ranger, like I have when I watch this episode, it is incredibly distracting now. Like, um, I do think, though, other than that, though, I think this episode is good. I like how, I don't think the internal drama is emphasized here that much um, because, you know, it's more like the Jetman are, you know, reflecting on their own issues while the Reverse Dimension Warriors are there. I mean, there is a brief scene where, uh, Guy decides that he wants to quit after the Reverse Dimension Warriors join, which, you know, I mean, that's Guy, but he immediate, but immediately just gets blown off. Um, I wish that we had more screen time with the Reverse Dimension Warriors, like maybe establish more of a relationship between uh, Ray and Kana, especially since you know, Momoko was one of my favorite Pink Rangers, so I would have liked for her to have more screen time. Um, I think it, okay. One of the problems that I have here is that, and I'll go into more detail when we get to the last episode. But in the previous podcast, I said that I think that they killed Juza off too early, like they should have had her. And these next two multi parter episodes that we're going to be talking about are affected by that. I don't think that I don't think that they should have just had Semimaru be the big villain for this. I think this should have been like an episode where Juza is still in power, and then Radigat, you know, returns and decides to usurp her. Um, you know, like the last couple of filler episodes could have revolved around the Virum while under Juza's control. And I also don't like how Great Icarus debuts here. And I'll go into more detail in the next two-parter. 
I just think that the great Icarus debut also feels out of place because, I mean, you just had Jet Garuda debut in this episode. Like, I don't think we should be introducing the combination mechs by this point, especially with how the... And it's hard for me to go into detail without bringing up the next multi-parter. I just think that the next multi-parter would have been a better time to debut Great Icarus, and I'll go into detail with that, but... So, I mean, this episode is okay. Um, I One thing I gotta ask is, like, Radigat stabs both Don and Ray in the stomach, and there's literally no wounds in their stomachs. Like, is this a Power Rangers episode all of a sudden? <laughs> like, like that, that was something that always rubbed me the wrong way. Um, I'm onto it too, but when I get to my... Uh, my opinions on this but uh, about but i'll wait right no no, no I, i'm pretty much done you can go ahead okay so one thing that really kind of irritated me about this is that like you saw how freaking easy it was for radicate to just up and just kill like the majority well i know he kills all three of them but i know he killed the first two so easily how is that he has trouble doing this to the other jet man I mean, if he wanted to, he just uh, up one there, just like driving their little uh, flying jet machines or whatever. He could just stab one of them while, while they're flying the jet. Why doesn't he do that before? Don, Don says that in a throwaway line that the bodies of humans in their dimension are weaker than humans in, the, in our dimension. So you could argue that maybe they're not like they're easier to kill because of how weak their bodies are. I know that's a weak explanation, but they try okay. to get an explanation. I don't like the explanation, but but at least it's an explanation that makes sense. Yeah, because it's like it's like wow, it, it was so easy, but like he could have done this to any of the Jetmen, and they probably would have died instantly. I'm just saying, but that that's just me though. I maybe maybe I'm viewing it differently than than most people would, but I don't know. But I didn't I didn't hate these episodes, but I. Do agree that we should have gotten these characters like a little bit longer because it was like only episode and a half that we got these guys and they're already dead. And it's like we didn't get much more insight on how their life was before Byram. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. it's a missed opportunity. And I don't know about y'all, but like Dawn really got my nerves this 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 entire thing up until his death. Because like he was just being so perverted, and it's like, oh, I'm, I'm just looking at your, I'm just trying, to, I'm, I didn't mean to pick at your skirt, or, oh, uh, let's take on Lord. a date. Oh, let's do this. I'm like, can you not, please? Like, bruh, chill out. And you yeah. said that you think he's worse than Ranger Don, right? <laughs> yes, because oh. as much as much as I did not like Don from Ranger, at least he wasn't that bad when it came to, like, what he did with Akko. If he was this Don in Ranger, would you say that he's like the Sentai equivalent to Dax from Operation Overdrive? I, Probably be I, don't, I don't hate <laughs> Don that much. No, that's the unfair comparison. Okay, okay. I don't, I don't, hate, Don, I don't hate Don that I find, him, I find him very annoying, but I will never compare him to Dax. <laughs> No, he, that's in his own category, okay? <laughs> his own category. He's just that bad by himself. Okay, Dom, we'll show you a little bit of mercy here. 
<laughs> Count your blessings, Don. You're not that bad. <laughs> I right. can't stand you, but I can't stand Dax even more. <laughs> well, right, when you put it that way, that's a really low standard. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Go ahead, Patrick. Okay. Um, <clears throat> okay, so I'm not the only one that thought that these guys should have stayed around longer. Good, good because that actually... Uh, brings me to something that I kind of realized about the season I didn't catch the first time through, and it's starting to bother me, is that when they introduce, like, they've introduced a new a, a new villain. Uh, what was her name? The Empress again? Juzo. Juzo, yeah. Um, they introduced her, and then she dies immediately. And then they introduce a new team from another dimension that has ties to the Viram. And they die immediately. And then... Juzo's uh, demon baby that she was trying to hatch finally hatches, and it dies immediately. They don't keep these new characters around. I, I'm not expecting them to join the main cast, but let's 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 jump backwards a season to uh, Shin Kenji because that's the one we just finished reviewing. Akamaru was around for a good what twenty episodes or something. Yeah, roughly. When he showed up, yeah, he added, he threw a new dynamic into Doku's ship, and he had a major impact on the second half of Shinkanger. Why not have Juzo stay around from when she was introduced all the way through maybe the end of the next, the next arc that we're going to get to, and then have these guys show up here and then have them die in the final battle against her and then introduce Great Icarus at the end of episode 32. They get they introduce these new characters and then off them almost immediately. And it's it's starting to get on my nerves a little bit. Yeah. Because they yeah. they okay. they've got these are some good ideas and good characters that they're just throwing away in an instant. So, Patrick took most of my argument for this one, but I want to, before I get into my thoughts, I want to ask y'all a question. Did this feel like a finale to y'all, like in the gravitas and the, the uh, importance of what was going on? Or like, that just me? Like, like, Simamaru was like the final like, enemy of Jetman type of stuff? Like, this felt like the finale, but it wasn't. And honestly, this could have been a great finale at the end of the season. Honestly, yeah. Like, I, I just feel I like this episode is played wrong. Yeah, to, to some extent. If like, this was like, um, like, maybe like the prelude to like, the like a true finale that I like like the like the end of this episode could lead to like maybe like we have like what three more episodes after that. That's what it kind of felt like. It, like it felt like yeah. like it could have easily it felt just end game right? like, you know. So I see that saying. so that bugged me trying to figure out like okay we've we've upped the threat level here with you know what 
what our enemies can do. We've destroyed a mech. And this isn't the end. Like, I don't know how I, how I feel about this. But I will say on the other side of the coin, and this is something y'all haven't brought up yet, which I'm kind of surprised by. Let me guess, Akko? I'm, what? Were you about to bring up her? Because there was something I was going to touch upon. No. I, I, I'll bring that up real quick before you Go move on. It. I thought that this was the best characterization she's had, was in these two episodes. Because she actually had someone to bounce off of for once. Yeah. And if yeah. they... And that's to kind of bring up the point, if these three had stuck around longer, she could have finally had a character arc of some kind to her, but they just threw them away immediately. So... Yeah. I, I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, the thing I was going to mention, this is a really small tidbit, but I greatly like how these five Zetman are able to go work on their own mechs and repair them. Thank you. Why do they yeah. not have mechanics? <laughs> this, is a, <laughs> this is a government-run organization, apparently, from how it was depicted at the beginning. Why do they not have government mechanics working on this stuff for them? Well, okay, so I can understand Ryu <laughs> being a mechanic. I can yeah. see Guy picking up some things here and there. I can see Kyori attempting to understand what's going on and trying to help, but like we saw, she didn't really get far in that. Yeah. Akko's a high school kid. I didn't like that she was also part of that crew. And Raita, it goes two ways. Like Guy, I could see him pick it up. But also, he's a simple farmer. So it's not necessarily that I can't see them doing this. It's just that this this is it wasn't outright confirmed, but it's heavily implied that this the whole Birdman uh, Jetman project was government funded. So should they have people working on this for them? The okay, most well, of them killed when the skyship blew up. Huh. Yeah, the skyship's gone. They was that all they had? Was that all the employees? <laughs> I mean, okay, you make a good what? point. And I don't know, but maybe they never confirmed. But also, the last but also if they if they had this big <laughs> government backing and they lost their employees to a freak accident, and we're twenty something episodes in, wouldn't you think they put out a help wanted ad by now? Yeah, yeah, think, no, right. Like, I don't get why they have to work on their own stuff like this. Shouldn't they be focusing on, you know, the actual Jetman part? Leave, leave the mech building to someone else. Yeah. And so, like, a comment to build off of that, one thing I'm starting to see in Jetman is whoever wrote these episodes clearly has no idea how to write characters. Because like you've all already said, they introduced three fantastic reverse dimension warriors that I would like to know more about. I don't like Dan. I don't like him at all. <laughs> but he was at least interesting. And while he's disgusting and a jerk, he he could have he could have had a nice story arc where maybe 
he falls in love with Akko and he stops being so immature because of it and he kind of starts to grow up. Like, that could have been cool, but they don't. They kill him immediately. And it's like, why bother bringing these people over from the reverse dimension if they're just going to kill them immediately? Like, I, I don't get this. And it's becoming a common theme, like you said, Pat. Like, mm-hmm. there's no reason for this to be a thing. Like, they could have been around for like another two episodes or something. Yeah. Because yeah, I do think that they killed off these characters too early. I, I, that's I think, actually something I can't really argue against. Yeah, these three and Empress Juzo, from when she, she was introduced all the way until the end of the next arc, which ends at 32, I think should have been not necessarily one continuous arc, but a string of arcs that were closely connected. I mean, honestly, I would have liked to see the reverse dimension warriors, like at the end of this arc, they go off into the world and they do something related to the Jetman mission, like Recon. Like how, um, oh my god, I forgot his name. Titanium Ranger and uh, Lightspeed. Ryan. Ryan. Mm. I was wanting to say Rhett, but yeah, that's his real name. Um, <laughs> Ryan was part of the team. He was a ranger, but he left to go do stuff in Egypt to support the main team. They could have had these three go off and do something to help Zetman and give periodic updates like every couple episodes like, hey, FYI, we we got this cool thing figured out and maybe it gives them power up, maybe it gives them like another mech, maybe it gives them intel on how to defeat their enemies. Like, there was so much wasted potential here. It bugs me. Yeah. At least keep Dan alive to maybe have him do it with the uh, the, the want of avenging his fallen teammates. Yeah, he could have been like the last and then, and then they and could that have, been have him be... They could have had him be like the first outline for what Dragon Ranger would have eventually create the next season. Yeah. Like, he's not the sixth ranger, but he fills that role that would eventually begin with Bri in the next season. Like, come on! Yeah. <laughs> I'm writing a... Yeah. coming up with a cool idea here. <laughs> Patrick, I think we should rewrite Jetman to include this stuff. <laughs> hey, let me do that. I think I can make it something good out I mean, of that. Why not? why not? It's Nathan's favorite season. Let him take this. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, Nathan, I'll, I'll do Go Kaiser too. Hit, so. <laughs> you, you've already seen what I can do with like how I was going to rewrite Super Megaforce for this, so I could do that. I know you could do it. You could definitely do it. You work on this. I'll go work on Go Kaiser season two. That sounds good. <laughs> okay, but I, I, I would close this up by just saying, uh, at first I wanted to give it a seven out of ten, but the more I think about it, I'm probably going to lower that to a six for this two part. What about you guys? I'm going to go with a six. Yeah, I'll go for a six, too, due to just wasted potential. Yeah. Like, I wanted to like it. I really did. But it just bugged me too much. Yeah, I'll go with more details with the issues I have with it in the next two-parter, since it's kind of in relation. But Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. What about you, Anthony? Uh, I think I'll go and give it a seven, because, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it was... 
okay, but like I said, it could have been better. <clears throat> yep. yep. I'm, being, I'm being generous today. I'll be generous. <laughs> I still don't like you, Dan, just FYI. <laughs> um, all right, so we got a couple more of uh, filler episodes now. Um, Yay. Next episode, we get a guy-centric episode called The Laughing Shadow. Um, now, the, there is one important thing that happens in this episode. Um, the dimensional bug that the virus has been using to create monsters out of, like, everyday objects, it's actually upgraded in this episode, and they're going to keep using it for pretty much the remainder of the series. Uh, into a new bio-dimensional bug. So now the bug has, like, animal DNA inside of it. So every so now when they create an everyday object out of... Um, they create a monster out of an everyday object, it'll be fused with the animal DNA to create bio-dimensional beasts. Um, and in this case, they... Uh, um, they fuse armadillo DNA with a light in like a baseball stadium to create the light armadillo. So that so that's going to be their new method for how they create monsters. Kind of a weird anticlimactic way to introduce your new monsters, but whatever. Um, in this case, uh, this new biodimensional beast uh, creates monsters out of the Jetman stolen shadows. That and which slowly kills them, and Guy is the only Jetman that is able to fight. Um, I think this was a pretty good episode. I, I think that this episode, so once again, like the last episode of the previous podcast, it's a good guy episode. I it's great that we get another guy episode that revolves around him where they don't bring up his drama with Kaori, and I don't even think they. Watch me! No, 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 no. He could have shown more concern for Kaori than the other Jetmen when they were all like in pain. But he showed equal concern for all of them, which is great subtle character development. He's clearly torn up that he wasn't there to help them. Um, I love his one-on-one -on -one battle with Gray, um, and uh, you know he shows genuine concern when the Jetmen show up when they're still weakened and. There's a little prank that he pulls at the end of the Jetman, which is a really heartfelt moment. Uh, we also get some uh, character development for Guy here. Uh, we're actually shown some human elements to him because there's a point where um, Radigat swings his sword at um, Maria and Gray stops it with his hand and oil comes out of his hand that's meant to be blood which shows that even though Ray is a robot, he's still a lot more human. I don't know, Gray. Uh, even though he's a robot, we're shown that he's still more human than, than we might think that he is. So I think both Guy and Gray had some pretty good moments. But uh, what did you guys think of this episode? Don't everybody start speaking at once, guys. Okay. Um, the only thing of really note that I, I like out of this episode is how this kind of begins Guy and Gray's little little rivalry that they're going to have the rest of the season. And I think I, it's one of my favorite because uh, this season does have a lot of 
uh, Jetman Virum personal grudges, and I, this one might be my favorite because it gets it gets pretty intense later on down the line. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the only thing of note I have here. Uh, I like I like this episode a lot. Um, it I'm going to start by saying thank you for doing my man Guy right by doing an episode where he can be himself without all this love square drama nonsense that I hate. Um, and that's really all I got to say here. Like it was a good episode. It was fun. It was it was good. And Anthony. Uh, you're muted, Anthony, if you're trying to talk. You're still muted, Anthony. I'll just move on. <laughs> Anthony's opinion is he likes the episode and thinks it's fantastic, and let's move on. <laughs> Sorry, we're dealing with technical difficulties. I'll turn my mic off for that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like the episode. It was pretty good. That's all, my, that's all I got to say. Wow, I'm a psychic. <laughs> I'd probably say give this a 9 out of 10 just because I really like Guy. Pretty enjoyable. i give it a 9. 9.5? Yeah, the episode where nine. he's... Yeah, the episodes where he's like more himself are pretty good. So yeah, eight, yeah. eight and a half, something like that. We got a right to filler episode next. Um called I'm a Primitive, where the Jetman gets sent back in time to the prehistoric and caveman times. Um, Raita's farming and handy skills make him a sensation and inspiration to a local tribe. And that local tribe includes a woman who looks exactly like Kaori. She's played by the uh, same actress who played Kaori. And what's funny is that her name is Rika, and the actress who plays Kaori's real name is Rika. Pretty funny. Yeah, it, it, it's like if you know uh, in Mighty Morphin, uh, they had an episode where they get travel back in time, and Tommy meets someone who looks exactly like Kimberly, and that woman's name is Amy because you know Kimberly played by Amy Jo Johnson. Um, I thought this episode was pretty good. Uh, I, I think the I think the big thing to say is that uh, this is another episode where Gray is responsible for the. Um, for the Monster of the Day scheme. Uh, he hasn't really done much with his schemes, but this is another good one that shows his good schemes because, you know, he sends the Jetman back to a time period where they would be weaker and he can destroy them there. Pretty good practical plan. Um, I think, okay, right as moments where he shines among cavemen is great. I think he looks awesome there, but... I don't know how I can play, like, I got sad when he had to leave to go back to the present, because he clearly has a really good relationship with Rika, but do I really want to praise that? Because I just got finished, both in this podcast and the last podcast, complaining about his attraction to Kaori, so do I really want to praise that? I really don't know, but if I take out that stuff and just look at it from like right to getting moments to shine, I think this episode was pretty good. And you know, you guys can say what you guys think too. So just go ahead. 
Uh, Riz, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. So, I, when this episode began, and I saw Rika, I had another face bomb because I was scared that this would somehow turn into another Love Square episode of like just them having internal conflict among the entire team. Thankfully, they didn't. And honestly, this this does some damage control and course correction from the uh, episode we don't speak of. Um, because in this episode, Raita gains confidence by the end in himself because he went from thinking, oh, Rika can't like me because I don't look like an attractive person, but Rika, Rika had the hots for him, man. And that gave him a much-needed confidence boost, and I was really happy for it. Anthony, speak your words. I definitely like this episode, too. Um, it was definitely a right, a right to the episode. Um... Yeah, I, it, I, th- I thought, I was like, oh my god, like, he's gonna fall in love with this girl, and, like, he looks exactly like uh, Kaori, and, she's, and he's gonna be, like, just, you know, having those weird, like, you know that, you know where I'm, I'm going with this. But they actually played the episode pretty decently. He wasn't, like, you know, it, it was very intriguing to see how he would be what someone like him would end up in uh, the time period that he was. Um, if you hear train tracks in the background, I apologize for that because there's a train that's literally next to my apartment. So you hear that? I apologize. Imagine that. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a it was a decent episode. So. What about you, Patrick? Yeah, this was an episode that they could have easily messed up. Because like what Riz his Riz's concerns were kind of my concerns <laughs> on rewatch. They could have messed this episode up, but it was it was fairly safe regardless. So I'd say seven out of ten for this one. Yeah, I about that's about right. Yeah, that, that's the right. That's the I right give it a seven. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we actually agreed on a rating for once. <laughs> It'll um, never happen again. Yeah, don't get used to it. <laughs> Yeah, Actually, you know what? Six point five. There. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go, Riz. You had to go and ruin it. Whatever. Always got to be do. contrarian. <laughs> I do. <laughs> All right. Um, another kind of Ryu centric filler episode. Um, the Great Escape from Hell, where uh, in this episode, Radigate uh, uses this scheme, kind of some weird magic thing to trap the souls of Guy, Raita, and Akko in hell. And uh, uh, Shaman helps Ryu enter the spiritual world to save them. Uh, Kaori does not transform into White Swan in this episode, by the way. Um, this is incredibly forgettable. I really don't like this. I, okay, I don't like this episode because there's anything bad in it. There's just nothing spectacular. I mean... I guess it's kind of neat that we get to see the Jetman battle against the souls of monsters they already defeated, but there's also creepy moments, and I don't, it doesn't do much for characters. 
And it's there's also something really confusing because okay, a little bit of a spoiler here. Um, in a later episode, Raita says when it's Raita, Ryu, and Akko fighting, Raita specifically says that the Jetman can't form Great Icarus without Guy and Kaori, but they're able to form Great Icarus in this episode when Kaori isn't there. That that really confuses me. There's um, been this there's been this habit of saying they need all five of them to accomplish anything, and then they just kind of ignore that. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this is just a meh. I don't know what much else to say. We don't really have to focus on this one. That yeah, much. It, it's it's a typical Jetman filler episode. You could just skip it, and you won't lose anything. Honestly, I don't remember this episode at all. <laughs> yeah, I can barely remember so, it. I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10, just because I trust that it's a standard filler with nothing that would make me <laughs> rage. It was an episode of all time. I would say 5. Yeah. Averages is averages. This is very, this is a very odd one for me, because, like, this could have easily been, like, they really wanted to get one to, to make this more important. This could have easily been a two-parter because of how, like, the episode was set up. It was, like, they were literally fighting in hell. And it's, like, they could have said this, say this for, like, a serious, like, actual, like, like legit um, main story episode or episodes if they did a two-parter. But that's just me, though. So for it not being that, I give it a six, too. But the only thing I want to bring up is that, and I know that this is subtle stuff, but, you know, Guy shows genuine concern. So, Akko is the first one to get her soul trapped, and then there's a point where just before Guy gets his soul trapped, he shows genuine concern for Akko when he wants to avenge her. I like that, but is that enough to, like, make an entire episode? No, it's not. Um, anyway. Um, Next filler episode, uh, we get a comic relief filler episode. Um, doesn't revolve around anyone. Um, it's called The Original Dimension Beast, where we get a dimension beast called the Dryer Dimension, who is a dimension beast based on the hair on a hair dryer. Um, and he uh, wants to destroy the Jetman himself because he doesn't like how the Vibram have abandoned the Dimension Beast. And it turns out that he's not as evil as he claims himself to be. Um, you know, he, uh, like, yeah, it's all pretty funny stuff, you know, like, he tries to kill the Jetman, but then this dog <laughs> that senses that he's not evil comes out of nowhere and starts getting, you know, just starts giving him love and, uh, you know, he um, goes out of his way to save a woman's baby carriage um, when he's about to corner the Jetman. And when he tries to set, when he tries to use his hair drying abilities, he instead ends up drying people's hair instead of actually killing them. Um, I, I think one of the things I, I really like about this kind of comic relief episode, though, is that usually in episodes like this, there's two monsters. So there's the monster that's not that was meant to destroy the Rangers, but isn't really evil. And then they have to like shoehorn in another monster who's just your standard evil. Like that episode of Power Rangers in Space, where uh, where they battle against that wasp monster. You have the wasp monster, 
And then there's also that bee monster, Steam King. Even though, like, you probably didn't really need to add Steam King in that episode, but they they could have easily added another monster so that they could shoehorn in a mecha battle. There is a mecha battle in this episode, but it's not actually uh, in the episode. It's part of, like, this where Dryer Dimension is fantasizing about killing the Jetman. That's the only mecha battle scene, so... That's actually one thing I want to give this episode credit for, that they just stick to the whole monster not really being evil and going through a redemption arc and not having to force some final battle at the end with another useless second monster, if you know what I mean. And I just think some of the funny episode, like, especially with how this episode ends with the Dryer Dimension monster getting a job at a hair salon, I think that's funny. Uh, this was a genuinely entertaining episode, I think. I'm going to go first because this my comment's very brief. This this feels like a preview for O-Ranger. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. would you this, move with that, Anthony? This, that. The, if you if you've never seen O-Ranger, just imagine an episode like this for 45 episodes. <laughs> Pretty much. Hey Riz, you said you wanted to watch O-Ranger a little bit later, so just listen to what Patrick just said. <laughs> I'm I'm still not dissuaded. I want to watch the Ranger still. Oh God! <laughs> I want to review it, Patrick. Let's go. Uh, honestly, we should. I want to review it for the same reason I want to review Zoo Ranger, just so I can trash it in public. <laughs> I'd be fine with that. <laughs> yeah, it needs so, it. You, you guys have already kind of touched on everything I wanted to say, but I'm going to reiterate something in a slightly different way than what Nate said. Um. This episode was the prototype for the B episode in, in space, in my opinion. Like, they're both pretty good episodes, and I could see them drawing inspiration from here to write this, their own episode in, in space or Mega Ranger, that's the thing. The, the Power Rangers in space episode was 100% original. Like, that wasn't the Mega Ranger episode. Then but, they inspired the in space cast, and you can't change my mind. Genuinely, I mean, I don't even think that much was from Mega Ranger. No, it was a, it was a redone. Like a, they took the uh, Grumblebee monster from season one of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and just made some slight color changes to the suit. That's what I thought because I don't remember seeing that monster suit Mega Ranger anywhere. The, the same King monster was for Mega Ranger, but not the Wasp one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. What did you think, Anthony? Oh, I definitely liked this episode, because, like, at first I was like, eh, like, they're probably just going to do something something like they didn't like the last couple of episodes, where, like, oh, the monster's turning good, but turns out he's going he's gonna to die at the end of the episode. I'm glad that didn't happen. I'm glad they went with the, with the like, in any of him, like, living his life and just... You know, working as a barber now that, that that actually made me laugh, and I actually I was like, finally a good decent filler episode without a monster that turns good dies. You know, yeah, that was such a relief. I was like, thank God. <laughs> I give this about an eight out of ten. Really entertaining. I'll give it an eight. Yeah. I'm giving it a nine because they decide not to kill the monster off. Yeah, that's always great. Yeah. yeah. All right, we got our last filler episode before uh, we move on to our three-parter. And we're going to cover the three-parter as a whole, by the way. Um, 
This episode is called the Final Battle. Which, by the way, you're, you why would you get? Why would you give that episode that, this episode that title? Um, that's that, really that's, misleading. Yeah. I didn't understand why they did that. It, it made yeah. no sense to me, especially for a filler. This is a Ryu-centric uh, episode where two warriors from the reverse dimension arrive on Earth, and uh, a man and a woman. Uh, they're both. Uh, their names are uh, Ru and uh, Ru and uh, Duran. Um, they both arrive and they're targeting Radigat for revenge. Um, and, uh, when they, um, when they encounter them, um, the Jetman get caught in the middle of their fight with, uh, with Radigat and Ryu reminisces of his time with Rie. Um, I really like this episode, actually. I, I think this is probably the best. Okay. It's either this one or the guy episode, uh, the shadow episode, I would say is the best filler episode in this batch. I would probably put it in like the top five filler episodes because I think this is another one that sets the groundwork for Sentai using their filler episodes more efficiently because you could have just had it where, you know, the reverse dimension warriors are there and they're fighting and, you know, nothing that the Jetmen do really plays a huge part in it. but. We have a lot of moments where Ryu, so Ru and Duran, they're either married or they're, um, or at they're least married. engaged. Okay, yeah, yeah, they're married. Um, and it and Ryu has a lot of moments where he reminisces of his moment of his uh, life with Rie. Um, which, for the record, uh, it does have. Uh, this does kind of foreshadow in what's going to happen in the next three-parter, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, I think that was great. Um, I think the Monster of the Day plot is a lot less conventional. Um, they, you know... So there's no Monster of the Day in this episode. Well, okay, sort of, like, they start off by battling Rue when she's, like, you know, going out of her way to battle against Radigat, and, uh, you know, so she's kind of a misunderstood person, and then uh, um, Duran is trying to uh, convince her to stop, but then they create this monster out of, like, some samurai armor, and Duran gets, uh, gets possessed by it. So, it was really great. Um, so, pretty unconventional uh, monster of the day plot. Um... We do get a little bit of subtle acknowledgement of the Ryu and Kaori story arc, because there's a point where Ryu gets really injured, and, you know, Kaori shows more concern for him than others, but, eh, I mean, it's not a huge deal, because we don't see Guy getting all over the top and be like, okay, why are you so worried about Ryu? You should be with me, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. I, I think this was a great filler episode. Like, I... It's filler, but we get some more moments with Ryu reminiscing over Rie, and I think those are that's what makes this episode. Uh, what do you guys think? Let's go first. Yeah, this is this is really good Ryu character development because it gives him a chance to grieve what he lost, but also celebrate that while he lost others can still have that connection that he's desiring. And in a weird way, I think it kind of gives some hope to him. Mm -hmm. So, 
I'm going to give this an 8, I think. Uh, what about Patrick and Anthony? What did you guys think? Uh, for me, I really, really enjoyed this episode. Like, and oh, one thing, um, Nate, you forgot. Did you mention that the uh, that these two uh characters had the ability to like turn anything into weapons? Is that did you, you have to bring yeah, it up? Or no? that. that was pretty cool. Yeah, because I was like, I was, I was, I was like, wow, that's actually a very interesting thing. Is like that they, they can turn anything into weapon, like anything into a weapon, like. That's a very good concept I that that's really used in anything really. At least from what I remember. Um and I also enjoy the fact that like that uh she was gonna end up the girl the uh, the what was her name? What was her name again? Uh Rue. Rue. That she was willing to give up her power to turn anything into weapon just to heal Ryu and possibly never be able to use that power again. That to me as a, as a very noble and selfless thing that she did. Yep. So I think it's amazing. I'd definitely give it an eight as well. And Patrick. Yeah. Um, they've hit on a lot of the things I was thinking. I, this, any episode that really, like tests Ryu's uh, a strong, uh, strong character is usually pretty uh, interesting. So, and, and and it's good because that sets up a three part that literally does that. <laughs> so, let's go into it. Yep. All right, we got a three parter now. Uh, this is actually going to be. What we're going to use to close out, uh, I would give the episode an 8 out of 10 too, by the way. Um, so uh, we have episode 30, The Three Demons Rise, episode 31, The Squadron Disbands, and episode 32, Wings One More Time. So, uh, and uh, I'll just go over the plots of each of these episodes. Um, Episode 30, we get some new villains called, uh, well, okay, they encounter a mysterious demon who uh, is attempting to find someone with the blood of a warrior to revive his two masters. Uh, he captures Kaori to do it, and Guy offers his blood to save her, which results in Kaori confessing her feelings to Guy. Um, they defeat that monster, but then his two masters... Uh, Honestly, I'm just going to keep referring to these people as just, you know, the the demon gods, because I can't remember their names. Um, they, uh, so, they de um, so they defeat the, uh, the first one, the guy who was the servant in episode 30, and then Kaori and Guy get together at the end of that episode. Um, episode 31, um... The Jetman are in a bit of a three-way battle between the Viram and the two demon gods. Uh, Guy, and Ka Guy and Kaori um, quit the team. Well, Guy does, but and Kaori just kind of follows him because you know Guy is you know tired of Ryu telling them how they should and shouldn't live. Um, and while we're in, in in the middle of a battle with the demon gods, um, Maria gets turned into gets takes a different form, and we find out, and you guys already knew that this was coming, but she, 
Um, Maria is Rie. Ryu's oh. fiance. Oh my what? god. <laughs> no! Dun 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 This is my bespectral face. That's the most poorly kept secret in the season. <laughs> Do that do that scene from Troll 2 where the guy's like, oh my god! Yeah, oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> An important thing to note is that in episode 31, we do get the debut of another mech called Tetra Boy, which is this uh, really small and uh, like really quick mech with artificial intelligence. Nobody uh, pilots it. Uh, he can transform into a cannon called the uh, to uh, call the Tetra Buster with which uh, Jet Icarus can fire. Um, and with the debut of Tetra Boy, we're actually uh, making seeing Sentai history because this is the first Sentai to feature three mechs. All previous Sentai either only had one or two. Um, it's a typical boy mech. We, we've seen a couple of boy mechs. Uh, like, we had Tackle Boy and O-Ranger. That was the equivalent of the Warrior Wheel. I think it was called in Zeo. Um, and uh, the Max Solar Zord from Lightspeed Rescue, um, even though it's like a traditional mech in Lightspeed Rescue in a Go-Go 5, it's an artificial boy mech that can actually talk. Uh, Liner Boy, his name is. Um, so, uh, Ryu finds out about Rie's fate, and, you know, they reunite, but then, unfortunately, in the middle of um, the Jetman battling against uh, the demon gods again, uh, Radigat returns and brainwashes her. Uh, well, we actually find out that when she got sucked into the, uh, into, um, into space when the Earthship was destroyed, Radigat brainwashed her and turned her into Maria. She has no memory of that. Um, Radigat changes her back into Maria while Ryu is distracted. And that leads us into episode 32, Wings One More Time, where, uh, so the Jetman defeat one of the demon gods, but then the other one still lives, and uh, Gray and Radigat turn, like, uh, fuse the two monsters together to create one monster out of it that serves the Byron. Um... Ryu spends all of episode 32 being all depressed over losing Rie. Um, and Raita and Akko try to get Guy and Kaori to rejoin the team. And uh, we get a pretty good character moment for Guy, but I'll get to that in a second when we talk about it. But long story short, uh, Ryu is able to overcome his despair and vow that he'll change Rie, that he'll get Rie back by defeating Maria. Uh, the Jetman all come together, and there is a great moment at the end of this episode where um, Guy declares that this is a new beginning. Like, they're no longer like a team of volatility. They're all fighting together as one. Really heartfelt moment. Um, I'm going to let you guys uh, give your thoughts first because I want to talk about a couple of things. But the first thing I want to get, get out of the way, and this is a huge gripe. Um, I don't like the demon gods. I think those are useless villains. And I think no, like, no episode is hurt more by how the writers botched handling the villains over these last couple of story arcs than this one. Because here's how it probably should have been. So I said that when they introduced Juza, they should have had her take over 
in episode 17 and 18. Have some other throwaway guy be the main villain of that episode. Like, I don't know, you could have Juza be accompanied by a vizier or a bodyguard and like he's the main villain or something. Um, in the in the two-parter that we just went over with the reverse dimension warriors that debuts uh, Jet Garuda and the Great Icarus, have that episode be the episode where you know maybe Radigat returns and stages a coup so that they can take over. You know he can take over uh, Juza and take control of Semimaru, and and do not debut Great Icarus in that episode. Just have them defeat Juza with uh, with Jet Garuda. Um, and then this episode, it the final battle of the previous two-parter would have been perfect for this episode, where the Jetman have finally put aside all of their all of their drama, and they're finally fighting as one team, and that is shown when they're able to come together to defeat the most powerful monster they've ever faced, which in that case would be Semimaru. And as a showing of their teamwork, they're able to combine their mechs to form Great Icarus. This should have been the debut of Great Icarus as a showing of them finally working together as a team. And they try to do something because they have the jet Hawken combined with the Bird Garuda to create like the Icarus Hawken, but it just doesn't feel the same. Like, that is a huge gripe I have. Like, no episode is hurt more by how this season botched its villain story arcs than this episode, in my opinion. But you guys can talk some more over what you guys think. I just wanted to get that out of the way. I'm good. You want to go first, Anthony? This one really confused me because it was like it was it felt like it was setting up something with like this the with the first creature, you know, like killing all those people and sacrificing it and you know all that. I felt the first monster should have been more important because he was the one that was doing the most work and then you just throw him away and then have the other two take over and it's like what was even the point? Well, I mean, That's the demon gods in general are just pointless villains. I mean, they yeah. were, but it was just the fact that, like, that 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 main one that was causing all the all the mayhem just gets killed, not even by the by the by the Jetman, but just by, but just by uh, the two he was trying to revive. It's like it's so stupid. I'm gonna throw in a quick note here, um, and I'll let you continue, Anthony. But I'm done. I. I'm done. Oh, you're done? Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to make my quick comment and see if Patrick wants to say stuff, but um, I honestly forgot the villains of this three-parter by the time we got here. I don't blame you. <laughs> like, I had to go read the episode synopsis online while y'all are talking to Dang. refresh myself on all that, because I forgot. And that's a testament to how forgettable they were and just how pointless they were. Semi Maru should that, have been the main villain of this three-parter. Yes. Agree. Nathan's idea that he presented is a much superior story than what we got. Mm -hmm. And again, I, I just feel like they don't know how to write characters and they don't know how to handle their villains because they don't. No. Um... Do you want to you want to give thoughts, Patrick, or can I can I go for it? Well, you're you're already talking, so you can keep going. Okay, so 
The biggest plus for me of this three-parter is we finally see a potential end to this godforsaken love square. Love square, not love triangle. God damn it, right? Why do you have to get involved in this? Um, It doesn't really play much of a part in the next few episodes, at least not as far as I remember. Yeah, I'm just saying that, you know, Raita was part of the love square, making it a square. But anyway... um, I was talking about the love square in general. Oh, okay. So, it's nice to see a potential end to it. It's nice to see Kyori has developed feelings for a guy. And it's really nice to see Guy accept her feelings in such a... Is dignified the right word here? I think it is. He was yeah. really he was really dignified. He was really respectful. He was very empathetic. And it gives way for the idea that okay, he's a hard ass, he's a he's a loner, he's you know all the different stuff. But at the end of the day, he has a heart, he has empathy. And he has feelings. And I think that's a really good point to bring up here. Um, Because this is immense development for Guy. This is okay development for Kyori. Because while Kyori falls for him, I have this sneaking feeling in the back of my mind that it wasn't the most gracefully done transition for a character's relationship to go from I have no interest in you to wow, you've really done a lot for me. I'm going to love you now. Like, intellectually, yeah, you can acknowledge that guy did a lot for you. And intellectually, that can lead you to think, okay, guy did a lot for me. I said so my gratitude. But to jump straight from that to, oh my God, I like you a lot and I want to date you now, that's kind of a step too far from her perspective. But it's such a minor thing in the grand scheme of these episodes that I'm willing to overlook it this time. Especially given how Guy reacts. He's not being cocky. He's not trying to lord it over people. He's genuinely happy. And I like that for him. As far as everything else about this... um, I think Nate said it best with his idea for what they could have done here, honestly. Like, I have nothing else to truly add here. You want to add something, um, Patrick? Yeah. Uh, this was this was kind of the, the three-parter I was waiting for when we started talking about the characters at the beginning of this, because the, yeah, thing, I like, the thing I like the most about Ryu is how they play him as the Boy Scout character. like Because they always depict characters like this as the can do no wrong and have no flaws, and they kind of just bring everyone up around them. But Jetman has always, always has done a pretty good job of twisting that characterization and then doing something with it by challenging the flaws that everybody knows this character archetype has. And to see him finally snap like this, it was bizarre. To see him, like, basically living in a little dream world right in front of everybody. Like, it, he, he finally just got tipped over. And it also did a good job of showing how 
guy respect him, respected him, even though he never really showed it. Because when he heard that Ryu got broken and saw him in that that day's state, it almost felt like that guy almost took like a personal offense to that. Like he doesn't particularly like Ryu's attitude, but he respects him for it, and he wants to see him return to that. And it, it was just like the two of them. This like this is their story. This is they're the two shining characters in this season. They've always it's that's the way that I think it was intended to be. And to see them, to see them claw each other out of holes the whole season, and for it to finally reach this point where Guy basically saves Ryu from like who knows what how far Ryu would have fallen down the hole if Guy didn't get him out of it. So yeah. th this was like the peak. This is the best moment of the season so far to me because it's it's the two best characters of the season. So their dynamic reaches like the point that we've been building up to this whole time. And when they finally did the roll call for the first time in like 20 episodes afterward, it was it was like, okay, this is this is really the the official start of the team. And it was it was kind of awesome. Yeah. I I think Patrick pretty much said everything I wanted to. Like the this yeah. episode. This episode really established me like really liking especially Guy because like the scene where he snaps like so what happens is that you know Ryu is so first of all Ryu makes sense you know he's been repressing everything about Rie mm -hmm. for a really long time and then he finally gets reunited with her only to have her snatched away again like he's just snapped like he's just become so depressed that He's been reduced to like pretending that Rie is with him, and like he's in this like such state of misery. And like you know, guy sees him, and he's like, "No, uh, 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 you're not like this. Stop, stop it, stop it!" Like trying to punch him in the face to get him out of it. Like it's all just really touching stuff. And and I think in general, you know, guy really made this episode for me. Like. I, I love how what he does, like, what he does for Kaori in this episode is incredibly noble. Like, you could argue that, like, people would do it in general, where there's a point where the monster is trying to take her blood, and he says, oh, take my blood instead, and he, like, crushes, like, he, like, cuts his hand with a knife. That always makes me cringe, by the way. Um, yeah. And mm -hmm. that, that is brutal. But you could, but... That's a truly noble thing. Like, that shows that this guy is willing to, like, give his life for Kaori. His feelings feel genuine in this case. So, yeah, I, I... Like, this is probably... I would probably say that this is my favorite episode of the entire season with... Like, if I had to pick my favorite non-finale episode of this season, I would pick this one. I, I don't want to give it a 10 out of 10 because I have issues with the villains. I wish that they had the final battle with Semimaru being like a big climax to bringing it into all this internal drama. So I have to take points off for the villains. This episode gets hurt by that. But if I discard all the villain stuff, everything about this episode with like the drama and like 
the end with them acknowledging like a new era. I love that scene, by the way. It's one of the most heartfelt moments. This is mm -hmm. this episode is perfect with all the character drama. In my yeah. Opinion. Yeah. Just to reiterate and echo Patrick and you, um, the interactions with Guy and Ryu at the end here truly establish so much character growth for these two characters and everything Ryu goes through is what I was hoping to see from Ryu at some point. Like, he never truly had a chance to grieve. And I think this is the plus he gets to grieving in public and in such a big way. But it's also the first time we see the team mostly united. Mm -hmm. Guy, Guy has never truly been united with Ryu. Guy's gotten along pretty well with Akko and Raita and um, Kaiori, but him and Ryu have always had that tension going, you know? Um, very Jason and Tommy-esque in a way. Like, you know, not, who wants to be the leader as they did in that one episode in Mighty Morphin where they do that big race around the mountain and all that to prove who's better. Um, but it was nice to see in this episode, all that feelings coming out and establishing Jetman proper finally united after 32 freaking episodes. Um, I just, I just want to say I like the growth of the two characters. Kyrie didn't really grow a lot, in my opinion. Y'all can disagree if y'all want. Um, Akko hasn't changed one bit. And Raita yeah. has just stayed pretty static in how he is. But these two have grown a lot. I, I'm here for it. Yeah. And, like I, and like I said, it's like a, early on in this episode, like the reason why I wasn't really objecting much to like you with the uh, love triangle much is because... Love Square. I, love Square. <laughs> I, I understand you having a gripe with that, but... Like, moments like this is why Jetman is my favorite, because even with, like, I just love the character growth that this whole team goes through. Sure, you know, Akko and Power don't undergo individual character growth, but keep in mind, like, a couple of episodes ago, this team was, like, so volatile that they were literally fighting each other. Now they're friends, and, like, they've really grown as people. It's stuff like that that makes this my favorite Sentai. Well... If I'm to compare this with the last Sentai we watched... Thank you. <laughs> I still think Sinkenzer does it better. It is. That's acceptable. I, I can yeah. accept that. Yeah. Because it, it didn't take 32 episodes for us to hit a point where the characters grow in this way. Like, okay, I know I said Takaru's hot garbage, and I know Takaru... Um, was a really bad character up until the big reveal and all that came out. But for the most part, the other five were really solid throughout. And this isn't the case here. Like, you don't, you don't really have... Honestly, I don't know anything about Raita yet. Like, beyond the fact he's a farmer, beyond the fact that he's, like, this soft heart guy and he has this girl that he likes a lot, but he clearly doesn't because he keeps going after Kyrie. Like I don't know his personality beyond that. And that's kind of a sticking point to me for him. 
Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, this was. Oh, you can finish Riz. I had I had another thing I was going to say. Okay, but go, for, go, go ahead. For okay. Um. Yeah, I was going to say that you know that that's my thoughts on Raita. Like up until this point, like he hasn't really had a clear path of what he is. Akko's had no path at all. And Kyrie has had like very flimsy and weak development that I can't I can't acknowledge he's a good character yet. See, he's just kind of there to be the token pink, in my opinion. Well tr- truth be told, if Guy and Ryu weren't as strong as they were, then okay. I can actually admit probably that Shinkinger, okay, and I'll say more of this when we get to like the final review of this, but I can actually agree with you that I think Shinkinger does a lot of the stuff that this Sentai does better. It's more of a selfish thing with me because I just really love Guy. Like, yeah. He's what makes it for me. But, but I accept the idea that Shinkinger does a lot of this character growth better. So I'm not going to argue with you on that. Yeah. It's a selfish thing for me. Yeah, no, I no, mean, no, no. okay. I, I get Guy being this great character because I love Guy. Like, if I had to if I had to merge Sinkenzer and Zetman's cast into one team and then rank them, I would still probably put Guy in the top three. Maybe yeah. higher, but definitely top three. Like he he's a really fantastic character. It just he had really unfortunate character development because the writers don't know how to write characters. Yeah, I feel like if Jetman came out at a different time, it would be much better. Like if it came out, oh, of like absolutely. maybe, like I don't know, maybe if you gave it, like maybe if Shinkinger's head writer Yasuku Kobayashi got this, and like maybe the mid two thousands, it would it would be a lot better. Like, well, I think I think it would have been a lot better with most any of the current Sentai writers we have now, even for Zenkaiser and Don Brothers. Yeah. Like, I don't think we specifically need the Sinkinser writers to be the ones at the helm. I think we just need it to be more modern times. Yeah. Because the Sentai, from what I've seen and what I've read, you don't typically get a lot of development on the characters in earlier Sentai. Um, Not until, like, from what I read, maybe not until like, I don't, do I want to say Abra Ranger is where that kind of gets more in depth? But... No, I would say I would say Mega Ranger maybe. I haven't seen Mega Ranger, and I don't know too much about it, so that's probably why the discrepancy exists there. Because when I hear great Sentai characters, I I hear Abra Ranger a lot. Oh, but and and that is true. The Alba Ranger has great, great characters in it. Yeah, but, but I think I think I can see Mega the, Ranger having them too, from yeah, what I've read about it. Mega yeah. Ranger and Ginga Man had very strong casts. Um, mm-hmm. well, Time Time Ranger has a really great cast yeah. too. So it I does, think starting yeah. I think starting in that era is when they started to be more character focused. So Jetman was a little bit ahead of its time, but it's it's still very clear that it, it's. It's experimental, I guess, because I, I like I said at the beginning of the season, I thought that the character writing for the characters and the villains, the Viram were good, but it was also skewed heavily, and I, you're starting to see that now because mm-hmm. it's Ryu and Guy, and then the other three 
kind of are just there yeah. most of the time. And that's like, always... Jenkins or at, at least Mako had some episodes where we got to see her clear personality. Yeah, exactly. even if and, yeah. and, and I mean, Mako, yeah. see, had stuff that we, we knew what her character's all about. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even begin to tell you anything about Kyori except that she's a rich heiress and she could join Zetman because she wanted some adventure. That, that's literally it. We don't mm-hmm. know anything else about her. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, I'm sympathetic to all of this. It, like, if, like, I can admit that, you know, Jetman probably does things better. No, no, no. Uh, Shin Kinder does things better. But I just think that, like, and it's best that I'm talking about it in this podcast because, you know, we literally focused on the episodes that show, like, really great character growth for a guy. Like, this is why Jetman is my favorite Sentai. And I, I'm not, I'm not going to jump down your throat if you disagree with me. It's <laughs> just, you know, uh, it's just how it is, and you know, I hope you guys can understand that at least. No, no, no I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. But it is also it is also making me feel reassured as to why I prefer Shinkanger. because the this yeah. is my this is my second favorite season, and I've I've said that a lot. And the reasons I always say is because I thought Shinkanger's entire cast was overall better developed, and it I'm on this rewatch, it's really starting starting to uh like cement that it cement itself and then that regard so it's yeah like if somebody tells me that they like power rangers spd more than they like power rangers time force i guess uh, i'm not going to jump down your throat if you think that mm-hmm. but i disagree but i'm not going to jump down your throat because which, of it. which is actually funny because as time's gone along i've actually started to prefer spd over time force <laughs> so you get out of here <laughs> nah, uh-uh. Okay, we got to do a comparison video on that. <laughs> you take that back. Nah, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I do, do go back add... and forth on that, but yeah. <laughs> do we want to add anything else? Because I think, that, like, normally this is where we would like transition to like character and villain stuff, but I think we just kind of already did suddenly yeah. <laughs> transitioned into that and gave our thoughts without even. Me yeah. having to announce it. Although Riz, I do want to add. I, with Patrick, I mean, you know, he already knows how it's going to end. So it's. But Riz and Anthony, like, how have have your character rankings changed any any at all? Mm, no. Uh, no. I, I'm I'm thinking about it. Is Guy still at the top? Yes. Okay. And. I'm the reason I'm hesitating here is I don't know if Raita is still the second. Okay. Because Ryu's performance in the end there was really mm-hmm. powerful. And while I don't think he's like a spectacular standout red that I'll remember in like ten seasons from now, mm-hmm. the character development he's showing here is much more substantial than what we get from Raita, Kyori, and Akko. Mm-hmm. So, I, I definitely think that, um, yeah. I, I definitely think that my ranking has changed a little bit to have Guy, Ryu, Raita, Akko, and Kyori. 
And, uh, and you will note that Akko has moved above Kyori. Yeah, I was about to say that. Um, and the reason why, I didn't really touch on this in the episode where it happened, but while I don't like Dan's character, I, I like Akko's reaction to him. And I like that had Dan stuck around, Akko had a good chance to break out of this mold she was in to gain some character. And also, like, there's subtle things about her in the last couple of episodes we watched. Like, at one point, um, when Ryu takes uh, Kyori to the grave, she's trying to distract a guy with ice cream or whatever the heck they were eating that day. And it was endearing. Like, I, I liked it. I liked it more than I like Kyrie's character at that point. Because, again, Kyrie hasn't done anything that gives her any growth. Yes, Ignaz's guy likes her and that she likes him, but it still feels a little superficial on her end. So, yeah, that, that's my new ranking as of now. <laughs> what about you, Anthony? It's pretty much the same as before. Although I do, I do want to ask you this, because with Riz, I mean, he hasn't seen as many Sentai. Like, you've seen like a, you've seen a bunch. Like, at least as things stand right now, and I will ask you this question again when we get to the end of Jetman, would you say that guy ranks in the top Five or maybe even top three of like black slash green Sentai Rangers. It's on to me or, or uh, Riz. I was talking to you. I would say I, yes. Okay. I yeah, would I, also say yes here, even though you didn't ask for my opinion. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you will get it anyway. <laughs> All right. Well. In case anybody else doesn't want to add anything, uh, next time, uh, so we're going to be doing two more videos for a podcast, sorry, um, for Jetman. Uh, next time, we're basically just going to cover um, pretty much all the episodes up until we reach the four-part finale um, for Jetman. That'll be a ton of episodes, by the way, but we... Uh, we're dev we're trying to get a uh, Jetman done before uh, twenty before the end of twenty twenty two. So uh, next time we'll be uh, doing pretty much all the remaining episodes up to the finale, uh, up to the in game arc. Sorry. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, I know that Riz and Anthony are probably going to be happy that the love square isn't going to be as prominent in these next couple Thank of episodes. God. Thank God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there will be one episode where it kind of plays a part, but it's not even really a love square. Like the whole romance story from this point forward is just going to be on Guy and Kaori. So, which I think is more tolerable, or maybe you guys will find that tolerable. Well, um, it's going to be more tolerable than what we've had so far. It can't get yeah. any worse. But we hope you guys uh, have enjoyed this, and we hope that you guys will be inspired to watch Jetman if you haven't seen it. Um, and uh, we look forward to uh, wrapping this up in the next two podcasts. Um, if you enjoy, if you are watching this on YouTube, 
Please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're not already subscribed. Uh, we appreciate those who listen to us on iTunes and Spotify. Um, please check Anime Secrets out at AnimeSecrets.org. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the other social media pages. Um, other than that, we hope you guys once again enjoyed this podcast, and we thank you so much for taking a listen. So until next time, we are flying away, and we will see you in our next podcast. See you guys.